But on the same hand, coach, you will be surprised how much better your athlete performs when they're happy, when they're, you know, when they're, they're psychologically stable, when they're filling their mind and their hearts with some other things and not just constantly 24 seven thinking about weightlifting. It's, it's your job to understand that to nurture the person, but also to help them achieve performance. It just is. Welcome to the Good Athlete Podcast, the voice of the Good Athlete Project. Hello, everybody. Today, Jim sits down with Mike Gatone, the Senior Director of Sports Performance and Coaching Education for USA Weightlifting. Mike is not new to the scene. He's spent decades in the sports business. From being an assistant strength coach for the Chicago Bulls to managing sports intelligence for Gatorade, he's amassed a great deal of experience and knowledge in training high-caliber athletes and all-around good human beings. In addition to being a successful strength coach, he's also an incredible husband and family man. Get ready as Mike shares the life lessons learned through sports that go beyond strength. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure to like, subscribe, and share. We thank you for listening, and let's get right to it. In terms of yeah. this overarching concept, beyond strength, I learning lessons in the weight room that last a lifetime, I'd love to hear some stories from your life and maybe from athletes you've coached. Yeah, I appreciate it, Jim. Thanks for having me here. Thanks for yeah, being I love you saying that because, you know, for me, in my paradigm of life, weightlifting, strength training, is it is just that it's a paradigm of life it's it's because because why first of all even when your results your 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 um victories are immediate you know you made a personal record <laughs> the next day maybe you're so tired from that personal record <laughs> that you have to you know swallow your pride and realize like hey I'm really tired out. I need to come back and work on my technique or work on my mobility today. So right. you have to be malleable. You have to be ready to meet the challenges of your body physiologically. Um, also, weightlifting is, you know, the ultimate battle, I think, or the ultimate balance. All sports are, but it's it's exhibited so, so much in your face when you're standing on a platform alone you a barbell and an audience full of people watching you nobody's there to help you no teammate by your side even though they were all with you in training you know your mom and dad and your coach they're all behind you but here you are on the platform in the spotlight alone you know so the the time now to to tap into your ability to perform well it's very much in your face three attempts for weightlifting three snatches three clean and jerks that's it not even it's not even like pole vault where you keep going until you miss three times three attempts the the balance required i think to be a world-class weightlifter is also very analogous for us you know when we think about you know building our lives in general i'm a really big believer with my athletes and the athletes of team usa in the you know, the spirit, mind, body triangle. Now, spirit may mean a lot of different things to all of us, uh, but what I I do think it's important to understand that, you know, 
this isn't just a physical pursuit. We can't just come into the weight room and bang our head off the bar. Yeah. You know, we need to have some time to work on things like mindfulness and self-esteem work and filling our filling our hearts with something that mm-hmm. will uplift us. Um, other than just thinking like, man, I missed that lift and I stayed. Yeah, right, know? right. It helps us very much with that, you know, tripod of balance. And then on the mind, you know, understanding, I think, that um, you're not a robot. You're not a closed system. You know, mm. things in your life, like your relationships with your parents, a horrible test, um, you know, a bad acne breakout. Uh, all these kinds of things can affect you psychologically, yeah. which can impact you physiologically. No doubt. And then, of course, the physiological aspect, you know, as a world class, you know, an athlete, I shouldn't say world class athlete, but looking from the Team USA down, you know, this is a 24 7 pursuit. It's not just the four hours a day in the weight room, it's your sleep, your nutrition, you know, your mobility, you're your taking your vitamins, all, all of these, these things are important but also need to be in balance yeah um so i think analogously jim you and i think so much alike you know it's it's not just a grunt pursuit if you want to if you want to be good at something you need to address all these different aspects of it do and completely uh, yeah. And, and, and uh, I think what happens sometimes if people don't see this with inc- incredible clarity, it's because maybe every so often you grind in the absence of your own wellness or whatever it might be. And you, you sort of, you could potentially produce in spite of yourself, but yeah. that would never sustain. And when you talk about like world-class athletes, let's go ahead and say world-class anything and even, even world-class. And let's say, I'm even go a step further and say, whether or not you're world-class anything uh because that requires an external variable uh just to be the best that you've got to maximize your own potential uh could you perform every so often in spite of yourself in spite you know while ignoring those things that you mentioned yeah sure but that's not a that's not a clean feedback loop that won't that won't last over time listen i live it every day and i think you know if you if you talk to a coach who you know is at you know at a at a collegiate level or a you know professional level and and you know i find myself in that same way you know same bucket as the head of team usa on the surface hey it's this full dedication to your sport that got you where you are but guess what if you don't have the balance to hey man today's my kid's birthday i better <laughs> assistant you need to run practice you know or get ahead of your schedule i travel so much right now you know and i found you know i get into the grind of just thinking oh gosh i'm gonna be gone for three weeks i better get ready and you know what my wife lovingly reminds me hey make sure she's in the loop make sure she knows exactly when i'm gonna be gone when i'm coming back because you know she has to get make sure someone's watching the dog make sure You know, so it's all about balance. It's not just about, you know, your head down and grind. That certainly 
there is a time for that. You mm-hmm. know, when when you're in the weight room, when you're studying, you know, your phone should be put aside. When you're in the weight room, your phone should be put aside. Absolutely. When you're talking with a loved one, you know, you should be focusing in that moment. So yeah. the, the analogy to high performance really is there for everything that we do in life. Yeah. Yeah. There's no doubt. And, and it, it reminds me of a, in fact, Ashley and I were just working on a t-shirt design today for this. We, we, what is, what has become one of the operating mantras of the good athlete project. We call it practical mindfulness. The mantra is does your behavior match your goal? And uh, that, that provides, you know, we try to take a holistic approach to whatever the pursuit of a goal or an intention might be. And then that, then you sort of carry that idea with you. If you, you, brought a great one that certainly goes beyond strength and extends in other areas of life. But like if you're talking to a significant other and you're distracted by your phone, uh, when I look at that scene, I'm like, well, that's nothing's inherently good or bad about that. But I will tell you that if your goal is to connect with that person, it's not happening. You know, like your behavior is not mapping onto that. It's understandable that your attention's pulled over here. There's a multi-billion dollar industry designed to take your attention, but um, but we've got to check in and bring an awareness to it. Um, and I'll tell you this, and share with me if you don't mind. Like I've always seen a, a wonderful opportunity in strength to teach self-awareness in exactly the ways that you're talking about it. Not just in like the holistic thing, but even down to the moment as an entry point, like to, to be aware of one's body, like proprioception, kinesthetic aware, like to be aware of one's physical self is often the entry point to sort of an overarching uh, mindfulness. Have you seen that with your athletes? Oh, hundred percent, Jim. I mean, you know, obviously I'm looking specifically at the sport of weightlifting. You know, the, the Russians used to call weightlifting gymnastics with a barbell, you oh, know, and yeah. if you, if you think about the mindfulness, the total body awareness that's required to do an overhead squat, for example, oh, yeah. you know, or, or rack a, rack a bar well in a front squat so that you can come out and go into a jerk, you know, or to be smart enough to understand that, okay, um, doesn't matter how strong I am. If my ankle mobility is so poor, I can't get into a good deep squat, you know? So certainly that is a, a big aspect of the awareness, the full body awareness. Sure. And I, and I think checking yourself too in, in any high performance athletic pursuit, but you know, again, as you mentioned, this goes beyond that to any type of pursuit. I, I love you're saying about does your behavior model your goal? Because, you know, um, if I come into the weight room, I come into the sport with the goal and many, many athletes do, for example, in weightlifting, once they get bit by the bug of making the Olympics or making a world championship team, that's a fine, wonderful goal. You know, I, honestly can think of sitting in class at Marist high school and drawing Olympic rings on my notebook, you know, like mm-hmm. I, I'm going to the Olympics. Okay. And then I think of many of the actions that I failed to, to take. Maybe they weren't taught to me. Maybe I, I just didn't work hard enough to pursue those other areas. And, and I think like, you know, some of those things most definitely on my athletic side held me back. Now, mm. 
I'm a grinder and I wind up going to the Olympics, you know, as a coach. Yep. Thank, thank God, you know, I've been able to stick in the profession and, you know, achieve my goals in, in one way. But I, I, I do literally as an almost 60 year old man, think back to like sometimes when I was 15 or 16, like, man, you know, should I have been eating a whole pizza at a sitting or should I? <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? So I love that you're saying that because it is, it's a full package, man. It really yeah. is. It's gotta be. And, and even then, so like I do a lot of uh one-on-one coaching, even outside of sport. And I, I really try to encourage this sort of reflection in a non-judgmental way. So like part of me is like, look, if you want to have a pizza, eat the pizza. No, you know, there's, that's okay. But, but let's just, let's just be honest about what we're doing and seeing. Right. Cause like when does your behavior match your goal? You also, as a, you know, you also have full autonomy when it comes to shifting your goal. You know, maybe it's like, look, I, you know, um, I like pizza too much to be in that weight class. And I'm, yeah. that's an honest truth <laughs> of who I am. And maybe yeah. I belong in a kitchen, you know, maybe I'm yeah. going to be a chef someday instead and wait as <laughs> a hobby. But, but again, but once you say it, once you say it, this is where I'm heading, then it, it does offer a nice sort of set of conceptual guardrails uh, to keep you going down that path. I got to ask you, have you seen, can you tell us the story? You don't have to name any names of someone you've seen who had a lot of potential, but didn't do that well. Yeah, I see it a lot. I yeah. see it. You know, I think it's the story of of life with coaches, right? And teachers and and um, we see this and it's heartbreaking every yeah. time, you know. Um, so, yeah, I'm trying to think of, of the, the best ways to kind of talk about it without without putting a person forward. But um, I've seen it. I've seen it so many times. It's it's sad when a human being is sometimes foisted into an environment they can't control. Right. And that, and that's, that's one of the saddest parts of coaching. And I think, you know, affirm you guys, when you talk about, you know, helping certain athletes overcome, overcome parts of their environment, you know, I think that's Mm -hmm. something when we can do that is really, really important. But I remember my very first coaching job was, um, I was a pay, my first weightlifting coaching job, 1994, uh, in, in Peoria, Illinois. And I have a job for a not-for-profit teaching mostly at-risk youth kids how to do weightlifting. I have a young man. He's 12 years old. And, I mean, remember this kid front squatting 100 kilos, you know, in one of his first workouts, like elbows up, boom, boom, you know, butt to his heels and beautiful wow. and no struggle, you know. And uh, really mentoring the kid. He's doing great. You know, so muscular, so gr- everything you'd want. Like, oh, I got a, I got a kid who's going to be a national level weightlifter here, you know. Yeah. Uh, one day he stops coming to, to practice, stops coming to training. You know, where's, where's so-and-so? Oh, he got in trouble at school. He hit a teacher, you know, and, he, and he's gone. He's out, you know. Now, again, it's environmental. It's not necessarily his fault. But there is a practical lesson in some a story like that to teach us, like, you want to be a world-class athlete or violinist or, yeah. you know, linguist. Are you also working to the best of your ability on 
perhaps your anger anger issues yeah, or yeah, you know right. some, something underlying that it, it's a full package we can't escape those things you know mike you're so right and and the reason that that's really resonating me and uh, resonating with me on an important level is it breaks my heart to uh you know th- when, you, when you think about a holistic approach to a human we've been in a lot of under-supported communities and the amount of, you know, trauma that one person sees over the course of a year very well could outweigh what many people see in a decade, you know, there. Um, and I say that because let me just go down this road and I don't know the kid you're talking about, but I'll, I'll go down here. So say someone's been part of maybe violence in the home or, or something to that extent, um, and then, and they are having, like you say, a really difficult time with emotion regulation. And it's not like this kid's undisciplined. It's like literally something is off in the nervous system of this person who has mm-hmm. been in the very near proximity to violence, perhaps against someone they care about. Maybe they've been the victim of some sort of domestic mm-hmm. abuse. Who knows? You can imagine a variety of scenarios, but there's something legitimately um, different, unfortunately, in their wiring. Okay, that brings me to the role of the strength coach, uh, because you know, you know, a, a lot of people, um, and I, and I played football for 16 seasons, and I, I was a powerlifter. I loved the clean; was my favorite lift. I never competed officially in weightlifting, but uh, I, I'm in these high intensity environments, being who I am. I know yeah. some of the things that I went through and, and and experienced would have thrown this other imagined person that we're talking about into a tailspin. Yeah. The, the intensity, like having a coach right up in your face, yelling at you, you know, so intensely that you get flex of, of chew, of dip spit on your face. Yeah. Uh, you take a kid who's been through traumatic experiences and, and put that on them uh, yeah. and you're moving them in a di- different direction. I'm just kind of riffing here, but I can't get off this no. because no, that like same it. kid is in the lunchroom all of a sudden the next day at school after, you know, been through trauma. Dip spit on his face from a coach in the lunchroom at school. Someone budges in front of him, and he throws a punch, takes his life on a completely different trajectory. Of course, yeah, yeah. It just and and I I say that because that's on people like you and Ashley and me. That's and right. Who's listening to be able to meet the kid where they are, um, even in a sport, maybe even especially in a sport with an inherent level of intensity to it. That's right. The good. The, I I love your your name the good athlete project but that certainly transcends to the good mentor the good coach the good teacher um because you you must look at the person whether it's a team sport of football or whether it's an individual sport of weightlifting or gymnastics you must look at them as a full human and if you really you know i want to say this in in a human way, but you know, even me, okay. My, my job, literally, I was just looking at objective measures that the United States Olympic committee um, and USA weightlifting agree on for our highest level of performance for 2023. Now, when I look at that, of course, I'm looking at that from a very objective way that may come off as like, Hey, no, I need this athlete to do X. I'm going to push their butt to do X. Yeah. Okay. But now let's come back to what we're just talking about. Even take away, you know, my love for them as a person, my responsibility to them as a person, 
if I'm smart on the performance side, I also understand that yeah, if I can right. help find ways to take care of the, you know, those needs, those basic needs, it's going to get them actually to the higher level. So it's our responsibility as human beings to each other. But on the same hand, coach, you right. will be surprised how much better your athlete performs when they're happy, when they're, you know, when they're, they're psychologically stable, when they're filling their mind and their hearts with some other things and not just constantly 24 seven thinking about weightlifting. It, it's, it's your job to understand that to nurture the person, but also to help them achieve performance. It just is. Uh, agree. That's your, your, the alignment here is startling <laughs> right? because that's exact. One of the reasons that we, I find that we've been able to be successful in the past. Now I'll talk about coach development specifically is because based on my background and the background, of a lot of people we have in our organization, you know, we can enter a space, let's say at a football conference, we can enter a space and I can talk like a football player. Uh, and, and uh, you know, a linebacker to linebacker. Are we all about performance? Are we all okay? Fine. We can meet that coach too where they are. And just to your point, if all we're saying, at least at the beginning, is we want to improve performance to see results, fine. Let's start there. I'm not going to tell you, Coach A, that you've got to care about people the way that we care about people or try to. If all you care about is results, this is still important. Why don't you try this? That linebacker. When it's fourth and one, if he trusts and cares, you know, about you as a coach and about his teammates, you're in a far better position performance wise. So, yeah. so fine. Let's start there. And then, of course, you walk down this path together in professional development of like, and here's why. Well, I'm just going to jump to another sort of tagline we have. Sports don't teach life lessons is our position. Mm -hmm. Coaches cultures th those are the things that actually teach life lessons that's where the life lessons come from and i i almost in jest say like man i've you know football taught me nothing and it changed my life for the better unquestionably but it was the platform it was this powerful platform that allowed really thoughtful mentors to enter into my life mm -hmm. and give me the support that i needed at times when i needed it and things like that um, no one's shooting baskets in their driveway alone learning the kind of life lessons that we would that we think of when we use that term mm -hmm. so um man i'm getting heated already great uh, this is, this is, <laughs> no i i think yeah. it's it's right you know like it, this does go together you can't scream anxiety out of somebody that is causing them to miss a heavy lift wow. you can't and you and you point. can't you know, you, it's just not possible. You may think you can, mm -hmm. but you can't, you know, um, it's clearly it's a it's a part of high performance. And the great thing is it goes along with our responsibility as human beings to each other, particularly when we're in a place of, you know, of high authority, you know, yep. where, right. you know, so it's great. It's 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 I'm so thankful you guys are talking about it because that that, you know, we all need to hear it. Well, I'm, I'm I'll tell you maybe offline some of the more some more about the initiatives we're doing. But we're going to be for one, we're heading down to the uh, Oklahoma City for USA rowing. We're going to do a, a workshop on on 
mental health communication performance and how all these things align there. So I got some ideas I'll throw by, but yeah, I, and, and when you just said that for whatever reason, it, it triggered a thought in me, which is you think about, cause, cause look, there are going to be people who are going to re- be resistant to this idea. Who's like, look, you, we need some degree of what we'd call stress inoculation. If this kid is always getting anxious before, like we've got to expose them to certain things so that they're ready to go on game day or whatever it is. I am 100% in agreement with that, but the dosage matters, right? It's like, you know, the said principle, people in strength will understand this specific adaptation to impose demand. Um, that is true also for whatever degree of stress tolerance you're trying to build in someone. So, you know, you hear all the time, like back in my day, like they used to treat us like this. Um, fair enough. And yeah. you do have to expose people to intense situations if you want them to later perform in intense situations. But if you go to a level 10 and for whatever reason, maybe it's the one we just explained, but it could be anything. They're at a two is the appropriate load for them at this point. Yeah. Then, uh, it, okay. The, the back in my day, I did this is it's an, it's irrelevant. You know, it, it's just, it's not as in the moment thoughtful and individualized as it needs to be, to be effective. Right. So, yeah. yeah, I love it. I, well, I, I, it's, it's amazing, you know, like how this message transcends, you know, across sports and, and across, like we said, across the search for greatness, whether it's, yeah. you know, a, a, again, a violinist, uh, whatever it, we all, you know, a human being striving for, uh, ev- evolution in their, in their performance, yeah, you know, must must bring with them evolution of these other areas. It, it yeah. it's a given, you know. We've seen it, and without that, you're going to have a crash. We've seen that too. How many, you know, great geniuses, you know, who have you know written some kind of crazy theorem that <laughs> we can't even understand, you know, had an unfortunate, you know. Yeah. mental breakdown or something you know where you hear about einstein was a, a joker he goofed around a lot i've read some quotes he made about you know his his thoughts on spirituality and mm-hmm. some more obtuse things like that so having having that balance when you're pushing for high performance i think is is really important i yeah that's and i love <laughs> that you brought up i love that you brought up einstein because like that's a, such a good example mike of how these things are transferable. It's like, yeah, it, it applies to everything. It's not, this is not just an athlete conversation. This is a human conversation. Einstein might've been silly and that gave him sort of the, the space to then go be creative in this way that is nearly untouchable. Uh, I think it might've been Edison was the king of naps, loved napping and said, thought he had his best moments of creativity coming out of a nap refreshed. Mm-hmm. I believe it was Edison, but like, yeah, yeah totally. Man. So, so, you know, I know we don't have, we're running out of time. I have the the real luxury of having to go to a dentist appointment. There you go. Good luck. <laughs> but, uh, but uh, what if, what are some, let's get super tangible if you're comfortable with this and we didn't prep sure. you to any listener, we didn't prep you. So uh, the question is only when it comes to balance, are there any keys in your life that you've found really effective? There's what are the, the Gatone go-tos uh, <laughs> for yeah. balance and wellness and those things? Um, I have a, I have a, a religious spiritual uh, 
paradigm that's important to me. So I start my day with something that is fruitful to me. I get up at 5.30. I do a specific reading. I do some prayer meditation. And uh, I do that first of all. And I write in a journal. Uh, if something moved me in that reading, uh, I, I will read also like the Daily Stoic or, or I have sure. the, the Daily Coach. I have an email like that that I get also. So if there's a story or a quote, I'll do about 20 minutes of that, Jim. In fact, I put a timer on myself to make sure I do at least 20 minutes. Um, and I'm an escapism person. I, uh, I started off as a history major. I absolutely, for some weird reason, love uh, ancient history. So hmm. I allow myself to, you know, I would kind of get on my, my own case. Like, man, you know, I read a half hour of, uh, you know, some Alexander the Great book and I, I should have been reading a sport physiology thing. And I'm like, you know what? It's really good for me. I like it. It's yeah. escapism. I like uh, I love the Tolkien-esque uh, sure. fantasy stuff. So I, I spend time reading something completely not related to what I'm hitting the face with every day. Yeah. Um, you know, and then I think just trying to the best of my ability, I don't do a good job with this as I should as a, a good a job as I should. I have an amazing uh, family. They mean a lot to me. So I, I'm trying to work on mindfulness and presence when I'm here in the house yeah. and, and get rid of uh, get rid of some of those things. So those are my go-tos. Um, and then just a basic, you know, you deserve self-care. Um, I, I also get up early because I demand that I have time to do some exercise yeah. every day. Um, I'm a person who does track my macros and stuff like mm. when I'm in a good place, but that's a, that for me, that's meaningful because yeah. I, I feel like I'm being objective towards that, that base health part too. So I'd say those are my, my big go-tos. That's, that's really, really good. And I hope people hear this and, and you, I love that you threw the term self-care in there. I, you know, some people have become very hesitant to that because they think it's all CBD bubble baths and candles and stuff. No, it's, it's taking care of yourself. It makes complete logical sense to do that because if for no other reason, because then you get to push, you know, yeah. like you, you can only you, there, but your word balance yeah. has to be there. So I, I really appreciate it. In, in December, I spent 21 days straight away from home either first in Colorado Springs at the training center and then in Bogota at the world championships, you're in a hotel room, you're away from your family. Yeah. Um, if you don't, if I, if I didn't have some modicum of self-care during that, you know, I, I, for me, I'm the kind of person, my mental health would be, <laughs> you know, I, I feel like I'm addressing mental health as I go anyway, but it'd be, it'd be really a mess without that. You know, yeah, I, yeah. on those trips, I make sure I minimum try to get 10,000 steps. I minimum try to do 10 minutes of stretching in my hotel room. I, I try my best to, you know, or yeah. call my family every day or read, you know, <laughs> some, chapter of something that had nothing to do with the world weightlifting championship right. you know so i I, I, would, I would push that for folks you know en enjoy those other aspects of your life i love that and and, and i hope uh, you know i hope Tol tolkien and alexander the great <laughs> appear in your uh, maybe pre-meet speeches and, and motivation <laughs> and stuff like that too i i 
After uh, the Olympics, I quoted a little Shakespeare. This thing is Henry the Fourth. We band, we few, we happy few, we band of brothers. I mean, I think uh, so good. You know, I I think uh, yes, those things appear in in my my paradigm all the time. So I love that, Mike. Well, I appreciate all the work you're doing. I appreciate you sharing you're, that with us today. You're amazing, Jim. Do you need business cards? Do you need flyers, posters, custom thank you notes, or any sort of stationery to take your business to the next level? If so, then you've got to see the good people at Mighty Printing. They've got two locations. One of them's up north in Glencoe, Illinois. The other is right in the heart of Chicago on 180 West Washington Street. They do most of the printing for the Good Athlete Project, and we just could not do our business without them. They've also worked with teams like the Chicago Bulls and the Chicago Blackhawks. They've worked with Let Us Entertain You Restaurant Group. They do holiday cards. They do wedding cards. They help you. They help you not only celebrate special occasions, but make them that much more special. And like I said, if you are a small business owner or a large business owner, they will give you the sort of personalized service combined with incredibly high quality goods. You just can't find that combo honestly anywhere else. Find them online at mightyprint.com. That's M-I-T-E print, P-R-I-N-T.com. And on Instagram, same thing, at mightyprint, M-I-T-E print. And tell them the Good Athlete Project sent you.